Hello and welcome to the Accelerator podcast by Accelerate Coaching. Here we are for season two. I'm your host, Howard Bishop, and joining me is Ed Miles. Well, you're not going to be the host for much longer. No, not for much longer. We're introducing a special guest today. Today we're bringing our new host from now on, Tom Billcliffe. Good afternoon, chaps. Nice to be here. Welcome to the show, Tom. Yeah, welcome to your first show and hopefully not the last for no. a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to bring Tom in and meeting some interesting people and people that have a train like an athlete mindset and how Tom can have a little tete-a-tete with those people. Yeah, I'm going to keep you two in check so you don't go down rabbit holes and uh, I want to, you know, kind of keep it real for for people listening and, you know, kind of break down that that bit of science and the the jargon and uh, what it means for for the everyman. He's listened to our first season, hasn't he? He has, yeah. got some opinions, I feel. So as always, we're going to find out what train like an athlete means to most people and debunk some myths along the way so that being said we're going to mix things up a little bit and our old finishing section was what we're now going to call the kickoff. it's really clever it is very I like it yeah mix it up a little bit from the end to the start kickoff. okay so 20 quick fire questions Tom yep go answer them as quick as you can Ed'll do 10 I'll do 10 ready to rock Let's go. Right, favourite food? Bread of many kinds. <laughs> uh, favourite drink? Uh, yeah, orange squash probably. Just any time, any place, any day. Bread and orange squash, can't go wrong. I sound really Water. boring. <laughs> Water's going to be put important later, so that's a good thing. Let's, let's bring that back in later. Squats or deadlifts? Uh, squats, just. Just. Uh, favourite type of training? Uh, well, I've cricket training but I think we'll uh, come on to that <laughs> yeah fair Pearson or peoples you'd most like to meet uh, yeah I don't know where this has come from but Donald Trump seems like a <laughs> that could be a multi-layered uh, meeting would be an interesting conversation very interesting yeah describe the gym in one word I think it can be a, a bit dark in more ways than one so <laughs> dark fair, yeah, the, yeah. I've, I've seen some demons in this place <laughs> <clears throat> We've probably answered this already, but football or cricket? Yeah, playing and watching both cricket, I think. FIFA or Call of Duty? Honestly, I I am rubbish with like video games and Neither. stuff like that. They're just terrible. Well, says a lot about a person sometimes. Yeah. We see we see a bit bit of fifty fifty. Doesn't on the waste the time with video games. I like it. Snow or sand? Uh, sand. Yeah. That sounds like a man who's just been on a long holiday somewhere exotic. <laughs> yeah. uh, would you rather fight John Wick or Jason Bourne? I fancy my chances against Bourne. I'd, really? I'd, uh, yeah. John Wick's deadly. No wow. chance against John Wick. That's a tough question, though. Favourite superhero? Bit, bit retro, bit old school. Spider Man for Spidey me. Spidey can't go wrong. Yeah, Spidey's definitely going to help against Jason Bourne, isn't he? You've got a dinner party. Who are your three guests? I think there'd be a football manager. Of some ilk in there. Um, Cluffy was the one really on yeah, yeah, Obviously, Cluffy's the man. Uh, well, he's obviously passed away. Uh, as a queen, I mean, what a life. Yeah. The queen's there. But she's got some stories to tell. Yeah. yeah. Her and Cluffy are not going to have a yeah. lot in common, though. No. Are they, really? <laughs> I reckon they'd have a few stories to share for each of it. Uh, and a bit of entertainment. Um, Ed Sheeran could come along with his guitar. We'll keep keeping it quite nice. So you've, got, so you've got Cluffy, the queen, Ed Sheeran. Quintessentially British. I like it. Very British. Very good. Favourite exercises? I, I, I don't... I should get on my bike more. Um, yeah, don't mind pedalling away. 
What area do you think everybody needs to train more of? Yeah, perhaps the, the mind. I know it's a bit deep, but... Ooh, very, no, deep, yeah. very deep start. We've had that before, so it's, it is a big one. Uh, and then on the op- other side of the coin, worst exercises. Uh, exercise. I don't like the skiing machine. Uh, <laughs> skiing and, 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 and just running in general. <laughs> so, which one is it? Skiing or run? Uh, run, run. Run. Yeah. Run takes it. Yeah. Ski, ski is short, short, and it's yeah. done, isn't it? Yeah. Get, get it in, and it's done. This is a very important one. It could be the shortest career in the accelerated podcast history. How do you have your stake? Uh, no more than medium. It's medium rare. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want blood, but you know, pinky. Pinky. And this this might go along with that is beers with the boys or dinner with the missus. <laughs> yeah, um, beers with the boys. I I, I think. Stay strong. <laughs> yeah, don't tell the missus. Well, hopefully she's not listening. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Who's your dream training partner? Someone who could make me laugh, and and then also yeah, I think someone like Ricky Hatton. I do like the the, the, the boxer's way of doing Ricky it. Ricky Hatton. Uh, but me and him both need to shed a few pounds <laughs> Paddy the baddie get, yeah. get big then lose the weight best tool or piece of equipment you can't live without uh, probably touching on that thing I recently bought like a keyring um, with a bottle opener oh, oh, yeah. well. the little things sometimes it's the us, little things tells us a lot it about does man. yeah it does it does uh, cats or dogs oh, dogs dogs yeah, no, are you in team dog not team cat dog. man so we're going to continue with the the train like an athlete section we did from our first season, but the, obviously we don't have a guest today. We've only got our new host Tom. So we're just going to basically te- ask you ask you Tom what train like an athlete, which is our company sort of motto, yep. what that means to you. Uh, I suppose train like an athlete to me means um, when you when the time is right, when you be happy, when that gym door closes and you're in it, work hard. No. You know, don't mess about. And I'd like to think I've been here probably nine months or so. Never shirked it. And you know, there's sometimes that I don't want to do it, but so you, I, I, I don't know. I, I, am I am I a good client? I don't know. <laughs> You're saying that you've embraced this sort of train like an athlete attitude with, and it mainly relates to effort and doing everything with 100% effort. Yeah, I, I, best I, out yourself. Absolutely. I think I um, would kind of receive a, a bit of a kick in or yeah, I'm, I'm more stick than carrot definitely uh, I need someone to yeah, to run me and to push me and to be fair um, you guys do that but then I need the reason I came here was to be able to continue to play cricket so there is that incentive of yeah. playing cricket even though it's at, at low level straight away you've, you've sort of touched there and you've you wanted to keep playing cricket so you've that sort of you know had, had another layer to the to the to Tom, oh, you know, yeah, train yeah. to be you can keep playing the sport. All, all a little bit longer. of consistency as well, yeah. as Howard reminds me or did so with the kind of depressing consequences. I'm past my athletic peak <laughs> at the age of 32. Well, if you look at uh, the elite Ironman athletes, the average age I think you'll find is about 39. There you go. So, so what are you saying? So I'm saying you still have another seven years to make it big time in the uh, ultra triathlon industry. <laughs> no, I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anybody who's sort of inspired you? You might you might even be be yourself inspiring yourself to go to, to start training. Obviously, like you said, get stay so you can stay playing cricket. Is there anything else that's inspired you to 
play cricket or to, to exercise when you were younger or any, any idols that have kind of encouraged you along your way? Um, no, I think my, my kind of sporting choices have been um, through injury and I've kind of fallen in. I like cricket and I'll, I didn't mind playing football as a youngster, played a lot of rugby as well, but two dislocated knees and the, the rugby field seems out yeah. of the question. Right. And to be honest, I didn't think I'd play cricket again. And it wasn't until a mate of mine said, "Look, just just come and play, just enjoy it. It's more about the the spread on at tea than it is, <laughs> <laughs> and just just yeah. relax into it. And then coming down here to Doncaster Town has has been great for me. And um, Doncaster City, yeah, yeah. seems to be Doncaster City, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And um, yeah, no, it's great. And I honestly try and play as much as I can. So that'll be Saturday, Sunday, midweek. To be fair, it was one of your customers who um, will remain nameless. If he looks at me and says. You need to lose a bit of timber. I kind of take that on, and, and it's a bit of motivation for me. So, also, oh, uh, this unnamed friend, yeah, is your sort of inspiration, incognito inspiration. Absolutely, fair um, play. He, I, think, I think you might know who he is, but yeah, like, just give a big shout out to that man for pushing Tom to become a better man. <laughs> and then, in that respect, is, is there anybody you sort of look up to still now, or anybody on like, Instagram or whatever you follow? I mean, Ed and I are a bit geeky, we follow like sports science pages for inspiration, but you know, there's people up there, like I've said Michael Jordan before, you, you've said a few others, Ed, haven't you, some rugby players mm. and things that that inspired you, is there anybody that you look up to now? Not, not really, um, because I can't, I don't feel like I can relate to a pro. If you're a pro cricketer, or a pro rugby player, pro boxer, whatever, my life is so unlike theirs they are conditioned to within an inch of their life uh, and you know they have everything on a plate for them and they don't have uh, ball openers on their key rings they don't have well they might but <laughs> yeah so so I find that I find it hard to link myself to this bloke or who's absolutely shredded and you know doing that sort of thing so um, don't really have a, a, an inspiration mate. I bet you Ian Botham had a kept bottle open on his keys. Yeah, I bet he did yeah <laughs> maybe I was just born in the wrong era and he'd have been uh, beefy would have been the, the legend for me yeah that's probably the most honest answer we've answered yeah, that question normally people are like oh yes I'm uh, I'm inspired by Dwayne The Rock Johnson I want to be like him and all those are cringy crap like that so yeah that's well, good it's a very honest answer I'm just you for it so now I guess it's it's time to, for us to hand over the metaphorical reins to Tom, who's now our official host, and he's going to direct us on a journey and introduce our topic for this premiere show. Yeah, so the, the topic of today's show really is uh, healthy lifestyles and behaviours. We're getting to that time of the year, it's February. Are people, do you find that people are starting to, to slip? How do you stop them slipping in well, in the gym, or once that gym door is shut and they go home, what other kind of key components? Why do people slip, and, and how do you stop them? I think we have seen a bit of a, a drop off. We've had a few people cancellation cancelling in the last week or so. Uh, I think people are getting to that point where they're going, not for me, and kind of mentally losing track. I think that the hard bit is is the battle starts way before they get here, yeah. and we can't control that. And then we as you'll hear in the next few moments that we're only a real small part of, of what you're trying yeah. to achieve and, and what sort of battle do you think that these people are having what what you know well, I, one, is it motivation I think so it's like you hear you hear the, the excuse sometimes and you're like oh I, I can't I can't I can't I don't have any time and they, they work nine to five 
we've well we've got sessions at six in the morning it just depends yeah, how much yeah. you want it like yeah. are they motivated to get up early come to the gym do a session get a shower go to work are you willing to make your discipline gym, to do your it, gym yeah. your exercise are non-negotiable yeah like your work is or it's not prioritized as much i think that's that's well especially in those early stages when you made a new year's resolution whatever you're trying to make better changes and you get to that point where it's sort of like it's mentally tough because it's it, let's be honest you come to the gym it's not easy is it no well, it shouldn't be easy. it should it shouldn't be if it's easy you might you could argue maybe not doing the right thing but do you think for some people the thought is worse than the, the deed? Yeah. Yeah. They always leave feeling loads better than when they walked in. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm so glad I did it. I feel loads better now. That's, that's it. It's always the case. This is all all of that. Get that get that mixed up with exercise and it's it's all good stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, what are they? Are they the, the, the good the good vibes? Is that so what they are? Cortisol is your fight or flight. So or fight, fly or flee. Um so if you if you get your cortisol going in the gym it boosts you uh, and then you, your immediate natural reaction is to fight or flight um, so that's why Ed said you, you feel better when you leave so you it makes you feel happier and providing your nutrition and your hydration is good all of that starts mixing around your body when you when you pump the blood and it gets moving around and makes you gets all the oxygen to your brain and you feel a lot better so that's the first part of bringing the science to the everyone. So how do you stop people from slipping behind and kind of giving themselves excuses? I mean, training like an athlete for us is, is the way. So we bring that sort of sports science, we try and help the hol the holistic approach. Um, and this podcast is one part of the, bringing the holistic approach, but we try our best to educate our customers on, on why they should do it and, and what, what benefits they're going to get from it. And I like to think, Ed especially, over over. I mean, I try the uh, softly, softly approach, but uh, we try and tell them the, the truth. We'll say, look, this is the truth, and it might not be the thing they want to hear, but that is the that is the truth about about what you what he needs to be training. Yeah. Or well, I, and we're, we're going to probably cover a lot more in this podcast, but I think creating a very positive environment makes things easier to do. So, like, if you're you know, like you're going to cover all this. But like, you sleep, if your sleep's on point, your nutrition's on point, your water's on point, you feel better. It's easier to be motivated. Whereas if you've slept like crap, it's going to be harder to motivate yourself to do something that's going to be taxing, um, stuff like that. And then it's. I think once people realise the the value that that 45 minute session has and the impact it has on their sort of their day and their well being. Once they once they realise that it's actually something very good for them and it's sort of that positive relationship in their head has been made that's when you start to see a big shift and people start prioritizing it, and that's when you see people making real progress are you always looking around at your clients in the gym and, and searching for clues have they had you know enough sleep have they had enough water etc etc or is that kind of you know the the basics that they should be do they should be bringing in anyway I think it's cause and effect, isn't yeah. it? So, like, if 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 they come in and, and they feel low motivation, then we need to delve into why. And that's yeah. you only get that from building a relationship. And well, Ed, I'll, I'll let Ed tell it from the sort of athletic point of view because the Knights use something like they'll lose a wellness yeah. that you'll know before they even step foot in the door, won't they? So, yeah. Ed, do you want to explain that? Uh, yeah. Then? So, a lot of uh, in elite sport, they use 
um, like I said, wellness monitoring. So I know it's used pretty much widespread uh, throughout most sports, um, and they try and implement some level of it at most levels. Um, where so the nights they've got like a three-way approach. So they've got like a wellness form which you do on the morning of when you're on your way there. So that that's looking, I think, at like sleep, how sore you feel. It's all subjective, done by the player. On a scale of one to ten, and then that goes into a system that the physio then reviews and it flags up. So if it's above a certain number on certain things, it'll like ping red, so then you can see it. And then there's the options for the available where they can type in if if, if they're feeling you know anything else like comments like my back's in absolute bits, stuff like that. And then they come in and then they do. They've got baseline monitoring, which is a number of. Um, so, well, it's a number of like mobility tests. So there's a knee to wall where they measure it, so they compare it then to their their normative like average. So if it's down, that indicates some level of fatigue. And they've got a, like a groin squeeze, uh, which is, um, measures the amount of um, pressure you can put through, like squeezing your legs together. Uh, there is a sit and reach. So obviously that's a good indicator of sore backs, tight hammies, etc. And then you. Based on all that information, you can then make a decision of how fatigued they are, and you can combine that with their their wellness scores. And then, obviously, in the gym, when they so that's like that you move through it. So you've gone on the way in, you've done your wellness form. When you get there, you then do your monitoring, and then you move into the, the gym session. And then in the gym session, it's by by the time you get there, the physio might have flagged up to to me or the S T coach that there's some fatigue in a certain player, and then we go have a conversation. Uh, on that day you might get some more feedback so if they've done a lift we keep track of all their their loads so then if their load is down to what they should be at we'll go well, what's going on and then that's another layer and then by the time they get to actually doing the rugby in the afternoon we've had like three layers of sort of monitoring to see if they're actually going to perform at their best in the afternoon um, which obviously that's in an elite it's very data driven yeah. yeah so when you get 45 minutes or only 90 minutes a week with a particular client does that make it almost imperative that there's that understanding of why yeah, so we, the exercises are done? We set it out, it, it, we call it the PEP, the physiological, psychological and emotional um, well-being of the customer. So the, tr- the way we try and explain it and get it in is those first five minutes are crucial yeah. um, to the customer's uh, session because if their well-being isn't at a point where you feel like you can get the most out of their session, they're probably not going to achieve what they want. So when the first five minutes, before they even get to moving their body at all, we're probably speaking to them, finding out how their day was, what's going on, why do you feel the way it is. Sometimes as soon as they walk in the door, they're feeding energy back to you. And Ed liked to call it our coaching energy or coaching battery. And then they can sort of, you can gauge your coaching battery and on what they're, feeling like in the session um, so if we can gauge their emotions in those first five minutes it dictates a lot of what the rest of the sessions is going to be yeah, so like we don't really so like in the on, on the two ends of the spectrum if you go into where the nights where it's full time and everything's structured so like you've got to structure it so you can allow for you know adaptation allow for recovery at certain periods of the year because you've got to be able to peak at certain points and you want to try and make sure people aren't getting injured so every, everything's structured whereas coming into one-to-one personal training where most people's goal is to just um, feel better, look better, all that stuff. We can't, you can't have 12 weeks planned out because 
it's so variable where somebody could walk in they've just done nine to five at work it was the worst day of their life you've you've got to chuck your plan out the window and your aim of the session is not to you know bench two kilos more than you did last week because that was what what was the plan the new plan is to get this person leaving the building feeling better than when they walked in that's why you can't really have the same sort of structured in-depth approach because it's so variable and that we as soon as somebody walks through the door or even when we can see them through the car through the window coming through the car park we use all our senses so our eyes won't see their body language when they're walking in if they're stomping in frown on the face open the door hello there you go hello you know, you know you're gonna you're gonna say oh what, what's going on everything all right and then you sort of start that that dialogue. sounds like me most days <laughs> <laughs> start that dialogue try to delve deeper into what's going on and then as you then taking in all this information you're making decisions in your head right i'm going to sack that part of my session off add this bit in and you know stuff like that but then then also you've got to take into account the individual because you might have a certain person uh i don't know if which category you fall into in this time but where if they've had a bad day they don't want to talk about anything they just want to get absolutely melted yeah, we have a few like that. You, just, you know, when they don't want, if they're not talking, you just need to just say, right, go, and they do it, and then they go, yeah, needed that, leave, and you get other people who need a bit more of a cuddle. Yeah, some people want want to know exactly how the session is going to yeah. go. Some people just want to switch off. So, the real reason we we sort of got onto this point is to, is to talk about healthy lifestyles and behaviours, and the the best way to sum it up, is, I think, is is the health pyramid or the lifestyle pyramid. So. As we know, the period of mid is larger at the bottom than it is at the top, and the bottom provides your foundations for all healthy lifestyles and behaviours. So they're broken up into the, the bottom of the pyramid being adequate calories with an asterisk, hydration, seven to eight hours of sleep, moving more, and reducing stress. Now, Ed's already brought up a bit about reducing stress because when if you've had a busy day, a hard day at work, before you even get to the gym, or even think about making tea or getting to bed it's or you're already on a negative or the kids have been crazy or whatever it is that is your stressor that 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 can cause uh, different things and issues there moving more i think is very unique to the person because the intensity can match whatever the person is is feeling and whatever they need to do but we'll bring that up a bit more seven to eight hours of sleep sounds very uh, sort of dream worthy or no pun intended but um, some people would dream for that amount of sleep um, but we'll bring on we'll come on to that a little bit more in a second hydration again very unique to the person and ad- adequate calories with asterisks the asterisks being adequate protein at, at certain times of the day well ultimately those things if you do all of those you will be fairly healthy person right? it, it's, it sounds like maths to me it sounds like if you add this and this and this yeah. and this then it, say, yeah. your, say your goal is to lose weight yeah. then well, yeah, so adequate calories for instance so if you're trying to lose weight if those you just need to make sure those calories are under the amount you're you eat, you'll eat less than what you burn essentially yeah. but that is, that is going to have an, a potentially negative effect on the rest of the pyramid isn't it potentially yeah. yeah so that's why I think it's good that you said adequate because adequate for, is is enough to be fueled to do what you are doing whereas if you under fuel you will then lack the, so the next we'll probably link it to the next layer your mental state will be, will be different because if you're hungry don't know about anybody else but I'm an absolute yeah, exactly. misery when I'm hungry yeah me too I can't function 
So adequate calories for me neat is important because if I'm trying to do anything and I'm hungry, like, I won't be able to trying to do all the other things will be harder. Um, but then like so yeah, so if your calories are adequate, you're drinking enough, you're sleeping well, you're moving m- more, and you're not very stressed, you will be a healthy person. So that's like easy things that you can just tick off. So I, I've, I've used the analogy of big rocks. So if you sort out your big rocks, like fitness, fitness or you know achieving goals, all it is about is filling a jar full of rocks you move the big ones in first it's nearly full yeah <coughs> exactly that and like Ed said the next part of the pyramid is all is all mental health uh, based which is shows as, as Tom said in the in the intro is the power of mental health uh, what people should train more is, is be positive have have willpower be disciplined and, mo- and have some motivation now that's easier said than done sometimes but again we can bring that up on a more um another episode probably but if you look back at our mental health episode previously there's the power of those can be can be key on on, on what you uh, want to achieve in, in, in your goal setting then moving up the pyramid again it becomes a bit more niche now but you'll notice how when you get towards the top the things at the top are not what you expect the next part of the pyramid is nutritious food intake your micronutrients adequate recovery and consistency so it was a bit of mental health in there as well but then I think adequate recovery is quite linked to sleep as well yeah. so if that but sleep then, is uh, but then obviously adequate recovery takes into account probably not just the sleep but the non-sleep horizontal or, recovery or, yeah. something rest where yeah, it yeah. basically says chill out yeah don't do anything it's basically sleep it's laying down and, yeah. and just and, and again Going back to your mental health, if you if you can create some uh, sort of positivity, it's probably going to improve your recovery yeah. as well. Uh, and and whatever that your recovery method may be, we like to say uh, throwing shit at the wall with recovery. That if you it, what it, try them all and see what sticks. Yeah. Um, and then the consistency again, we mentioned with Tom's training. Once he got a little bit of consistency, you know everything else started falling into place. Which, yeah, which was that, big. It's illustrated that that step before. So, if you are positive, have willpower, discipline, and motivation, you will develop consistency. Yeah. Because you can't have consistency without probably a sum of all those four. Or if one if if one of them is missing, you might be able to keep through. But if you lose if you lose all of them, the whole pyramid comes falling down. And then at the very top, this is what what people probably don't don't think is is then is what we call the components of fitness or, or easy way to explain it is your training routine is your strength training cardio and your mobility, your mobility sorry which is the very peak of the pyramid it's the last sort of brick that you need to put into place but I, I've got a little thing I think to, to add to this so I think you know so strength cardio etc I think people do that but they do it as part of moving more so people yeah. exercise, but very, very few. A lot of people exercise, but not many people train. Yes. That's what Good I point. That's what I. How I see things. Yeah, so if you walk into into commercial gym <laughs> and uh, have a look around. I reckon you will see at least seventy five percent of the room. This is not official figures. This is just a guess. Please don't quote me on this. Seventy five percent of the room will be exercising. And they'll have gone into the gym and gone, this is what I'm doing today because I just am. Bad habit. They're just like, I'm going to just go on. I'm gonna, I need to burn some calories, so I'm just going to go on cross trainer for 
And we're, we're not advocating that that is bad. That, oh, that yeah. is still there's still a bit a place for but that. But that's, it, that's at the bottom of the pyramid. It's moving yeah. more. Moving more. Whereas if you are trying to be really sort of you know develop your health, fitness, etc., it's a training routine. It's structured. You know, a progressive overload. You know, pushing things forwards. Add, trying to get your body to adapt to a stimulus. Making you into super you. Exactly. So I think you'll 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 get. If you speak to somebody who goes to the gym quite a lot, who's not really, who's, who just goes and have le- has learned by doing, you'll probably find that they've lifted the same weights for I don't know years. So why why is it so key then to to mix it up? So I mean I don't think I've ever had any session the same. Never. It's either a different so time or a, a different <laughs> different levels. It's always keeping you guessing, which I quite like. Um, but why? Why is that so important? So that that holistic approach is is, is big because of the components of fitness, and I think we spoke about this on our podcast before, an episode before, is that um, you can't tick every box. Yeah. Like it's impossible to tick every box of the components of fitness because it's too much. Like one of them is coordination. Like why? Who's going to go to the gym and train coordination? Like if you've got maybe well, you've, had, you've got some issues with that. We do actually have a customer who does that. But I, I, somebody told me there's a very good analogy for this. So, like, you've, let's say you've got eight plant pots, and you are constantly watering plant pot number one, plant pot number two, plant pot number three, plant pot number three and you're just you're spreading your time across all of them, and giving them all equal love. They will all grow at the same rate because you're spending an equal amount of effort into each one. But then, if you committed all of your effort onto one plant pot, it'd probably grow pretty big, whereas the other ones wouldn't grow as much. And that's the same. Like if you you can put effort true, into yeah. everything, but you will improve at the same rate. Like yeah. you're going to be a very slow progress. Whereas if you like that's where so if you're training to get fitter cardiovascularly, you probably should invest majority of your eggs into that basket to see improvement in it. Because like <laughs> not trying to delve too deep into a scientific hole is that controversially weight training and strength training and cardiovascular training on a cellular level actually conflict yeah. so to, to some extent the myth of you can't get strong and fit at the same time to some extent is true if done incorrectly but I mean it goes along with the government's new guidance so the government guidelines before or sorry government World Health Organization guidelines used to be 20 minutes 3 times a week and then they had to keep expanding on it and expanding on it it was like that doesn't include your warm up that's got to be certain intensity and uh, and anyway so they've completely changed it now and the guidance is now you can do 150 to 300 minutes of moderate exercise or 75 minutes to 150 minutes of vigorous exercise so if you think about it as Ed's analogy of the people at a commercial gym you could do 300 minutes a week of just steady on the treadmill whereas you could do 75 minutes of a hit class or, or, or intense weight training in, in, in another respect and the people who say that they haven't got the time to well then be a little bit smarter with your training which is easier said than done but um, like we, we've, we've said before is that if you think of it a little bit more you don't have to work as hard so then the person who hates the, the intensity sessions okay but you know you've got to you've got to understand that then there's a time commitment so you're actually saying that. that people can train for less time and 
end up with better results? Well, yeah. it depends. On the scientific answer is is depends on your goal. Yeah. Um, how like if you're trying to get stronger, you could do three 30-minute weight sessions a week and yeah. see improvement. But whereas if you were trying to get... If you're training for a half marathon, the half marathon takes potentially an hour and a half more. more it depends on how good you are. It, it, you've got to train for practically that time yeah. to get so good at it. It's, it's depends what the what you're trying to achieve. Like, look, if you're trying to lose weight, you, there's studies out there that saying that high intensity sort of interval training is better because you are working. It's shorter, which probably means more compliance longer term. Um, you're going to burn more calories potentially in a, short period. in a short period of time. But and then also most, most high intensity intervals that it's training they have they apply what we call metabolic stress um, which then subsequently can cause muscle damage and then it increases the amount of calories your body uses for the next you know 12 to 24 hours because it's trying to recover Ed sent me a good a good infographic that showed it with Jack Daniels so if you're on a long session with Jack Daniels and you drink uh, shots and then you're going to have another shot another shot you're going to have to have a period of a break in between that but if you had one mil and another mil and another mil and another mil you could keep going for longer so it's the same with your body the only thing that's a bit of a weird thing with exercise is that the fat burning zone happens at a lower intensity so if you do want to lose weight that yeah. is actually at a lower intensity so the, the uh, Huberman who many people now listen to shout out to Andrew Huberman because he is a very good podcasting man um, he put something out the other day saying that I think it's like 120 minutes a week maybe slightly more uh, of zone 2 which is approximately 60% of your max heart rate cardiovascular work is the most bang for buck in terms of body composition, heart, uh, cardiac output, and stress. I mean, heart, like maximum hi- maximum heart hypertrophy, which means stronger heart for minimal amount of central nervous system and uh, peripheral nervous system stress. So what you're saying is go for a kind of a, a decent walk. At a yeah, decent, so decent pace. can probably so get into those heart rates. I was speaking walking. to my dad about this recently, and he, he said, "Oh, Howard, I'm so unfit." And I, and I said, "But your fitness has changed completely now." So, just we were walking up a hill in Spain, and I said, "All you need to come is come to this hill two, two, three times a week. That's your intensity." Now, fitness's cruel joke is, you do that for two, three times a week, that's going to become your normal again. That's the cruel joke of fitness, but just getting out of breath as Ed said into your 60% isn't that out of breath you're going to yeah. be breathing a little bit but not too hard once you get that little bit out of breath to the minutes that Ed said did you say 120? Uh, I think so yeah I think so this says, this says 150 minimum according to the World Health Organization per week that you know that could be a, a walk it could be yoga it could be something that is unique to you that's going to make you just stress your heart just a tiny bit so listen to this podcast get a sweat on <laughs> we're, we're helping you out in, in yeah. more ways than one yeah, just keep it. moving for the duration of this podcast and you will <laughs> have a healthier heart 100% so moving on to the next bit 
I think this is probably the most underrated uh, way and it's going to be a little bit controversial I think as well. Hydration is the building block of everything of your body's processes do, does. So hydration, if you're ill and you're in hospital for God forbid for whatever reason is you're put on a drip because that water and that saline which is salt essentially helps your body processes just work that little bit better. Just touching on that um, so you always get taught from a very young age at school to eat your fruit and veg because it's got vitamins in. Yeah. So there's two types of vitamins. There's fat-soluble vitamins and water-soluble vitamins. Uh, the water-soluble vitamins need water and adequate hydration for you to be able to process said vitamins. The vitamins are then what sort of assists with the physiolo physiological processes in your body to keep you functioning to be able to, so it allows you to um, to move, uh, to burn more calories, to be able to break down fat, break down other waste products. So where can I get these vitamins? <laughs> well, all the, like, if you look at so every people, single people know, people know electrolytes, people know that is a very yeah. common thing, but get, getting a Lucozade isn't the only way you can get your electrolytes. If you, if you Googled all of the essential vitamins, like A, B, C, D, 1, 2, 3, 4, there's, there's, about, there's about 32 or like more. If you read the how you can get them in your body, it's literally just describe a healthy diet. So like the meat has quite a lot of certain vitamins in, fish has a lot of other vitamins in, uh, f green veg has a lot of certain type of vitamin in, uh, numbers of fruit have a certain type of another vitamin so basically if you get a rainbow fruit and veg a uh, mixture of um, red meat white meat fish uh, I recommended somebody that if they wanted to make sure that their diet was uh, diverse to go to cycle between white meat red meat fish white meat red meat fish difficult vegetables and everything uh, healthy serving of not healthy maybe well a healthy serving of fat not meaning a lot of fat meaning an adequate amount of fat um, because there's obviously different types of vitamins in said fat sources and also you need to eat fat to be able to uh, process the fat soluble vitamins so if you don't eat any fat and you're on a low fat diet there's a whole heap of vitamins that you are potentially missing out on the benefits of because your body is not intaking enough fat so after all this Howard you need something to wash it down with. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> the, the guidelines is that you need 35.5 mil of water per kilo per day, which is it's hard. That's hard to figure out. But let's put it this way: everybody used to say drink two liters of water, but if you're an 80 kilo person, two liters of water is not enough, and that's just to live. And um, so, if you're trying to exercise, do all the things that we said, move more, and all that you need to up your water per um, uh, amount of exercise that you do. So Ed will um, back me up on this as well, pro athletes, what they do is they weigh on the way in. So if they're going into training, they'll weigh themselves. That's their baseline. They'll train all day and then they weigh on the way out. And then you should if, yeah, so replace what hydration is, you've uh, missed. Is it a kilo of, or half a kilo equals a litre? Yeah. of water I think something like that where you yeah. have to well replace that with sweating alone and that's not to not including the electrolytes that you've lost 
through yeah. that which is the water soluble vitamins that Ed, Ed mentioned so with those electrolytes the easy way to think about it, it is if you don't have a glucose related sports drink you're fine okay so a full fat Lucas Aid is, is probably going to be bad because you're getting too much glucose with that but there is there is supplements tablets you can take that, that give you a zero calorie version of that but the the best way to do it is like as Ed said is is have a have a healthy meal maybe put a little dash of salt in your orange squash that Tom said and you and you're away and then you get in those some of those electrolytes uh, back into your body without the glucose um, that comes along comes along with it moving on with with nutrition that Ed said as well is that that healthy plate that we we all are showed at school and what Ed said about having different types of macronutrients the eat well plate they call it is a flawed concept because you're not getting that same plate three times a day which they don't offer you an option for so Tom what do you have for breakfast every day most days I do try and vary it up uh, today was beans on toast because I knew I was training later today. I do like to get some eggs in there. I think eggs are such an easy one. Um, eggs. I think I read something saying eggs are the most uh, protein dense per calorie. Yeah. Out of all of the foods. So eggs. Eggs is is one of the very few ways you can get protein in for your breakfast. It is really yeah. tough if you're not having a fry every day. Even I struggle. I know Ed does the same thing. We take a protein supplement in the morning just so I don't have that stress and what I try and do is, is get that protein timing as adequate as I can so that what you've got to try and think of is 20 grams of protein three times a day so easy to split it up in your three meals so most people hit that in your tea time no problem your evening meal is it has that 20 grams but it's the calories associated to those 20 grams so you don't want to be having a third of your Bodies, uh, sorry, half of your body's calories in that meal in the evening. You need to spread it out with that protein throughout the day. So, as an example, if you have your three eggs, uh, um, what Tom's just said, uh, in the morning on toast, you're set. You're starting the day right. If you then have chicken sandwich with a chicken breast in, you're set for your lunchtime uh, with some salad in there to get your micronutrients, and then you have in your evening meal. You're probably going to be fine, but if you're let's throw in a little bit controversial one if you're a vegetarian you're going to really struggle to hit especially for breakfast and then lunchtime to hit those adequate protein calories now tom's beans on toast he probably would have this morning and that's a vegetarian one fiber dense carb heavy protein dense um not bad but i went to a lecture at leeds which was from the university of cork and he had done a study that showed that adequate muscle repair this isn't even muscle growth adequate muscle repair only happened from 20 grams of protein three times a uh, three times a day with three grams of that protein coming from leucine but that's a whole other podcast on protein timings do you know what leucine is Tom? absolutely no idea <laughs> I'm sure as we go throughout the weeks we'll find out yeah, yeah. so have a look back at nutrition previously um, we might have covered it um, and then the last two sort of building blocks is with sleep we mentioned as well but I love this quote is by LeBron James 
nothing you can ever do is a substitute for sleep and now that is absolutely uh, doing the research for this episode I found that and I think that's brilliant I feel like having that put on the gym wall because um, you know he is world class and his for him to recognise that is, is big as well and it has a huge impact on your, your testosterone for men and for women as well a reduction in testosterone reduction in your immune system and your tissue repair and your physical and mental endurance if you do not have adequate sleep but what is adequate sleep? For me, about nine or ten hours. <laughs> I love my sleep. This um, is the this is the thing. It's it seems quite unique to each person, but realistically, the the guidance says six to eight hours. But really, if you're on the six, you're gonna be you're gonna be struggling. Yeah, it needs to be eight plus. Well, this is the, th- the a lot of the research now is more rather than obviously they promote seven to eight hours or you know the usual amount. But there's quite a lot of research and talk getting spread about the importance of circadian rhythms. Yeah, that's big as well for reducing your stress. Hit me. Don't know what circadian rhythms. Hey, no. Breathing. So, circadian rhythm is like your body's routine. Waking up when it's light. Yeah. Going to so, sleep when it's dark. Uh, again, referring back to our friend Huberman, uh, he said that there's some research saying recently saying that you're in your first 90 minutes of sleep uh, is your peak growth hormone secretion so obviously this is if you're training to grow muscle growth hormone is essential but then if you're if you go to bed later than you should or normally do you struggle to get that 90 minute that initial 90 minute peak of growth hormone so if your sleep schedule is off and you know you're waking up or you're going to bed late and you're waking up early or vice versa um, it can potentially impact you without you even realising so like you, if you're you might be sleeping enough but if it's your body doesn't get your body's a creature of habit you know like you train it regularly it gets bigger stronger gets fitter you eat well it you know you're digestive system becomes more efficient etc so if you go to sleep at the same time it gets used to it and then if you wake up at a similar time and then they're saying now you need to the best way to wake up is is via natural light so you're getting these new uh, alarm clocks that slowly increase the light yeah. into the room to simulate the sunrise um, friend of the show Dr. Robertson of the uh, University of Bolton he um, he told me that when they did the sleep study that they got people to Walk at sunset yeah. to try and reset their circadian rhythm, so that seeing a sunset helps you have a better night's yeah. sleep. And they're saying they they say within thirty minutes of waking to try and get outside and be active and exercise like a walk outside thirty minutes within waking. Obviously, these people who are recommending this research don't have a nine-to-five job in the winter in Doncaster, or yeah. work at a gym or a newborn baby at five a.m. So it's all well and good with these practices. However, how is this accessible for the everyday human? So, Howard, what's your one top tip for, for getting a good night's kip? So, I, I saw this recently. Um, Military-based, um, it was U.S. military, and it was to. It comes on to a bit of uh, mental health, but it, it was to, to have mindfulness and sort of 
go through your body like a process. So it's all centered around breathing. So you take a deep breath in, you focus on relaxing your fingers. So it's, it's all based on each limb and then you, you, you can do it on your torso as many times as you feel like you need to. So five fingers on each hand, you deep breath in five times, try and relax each finger every time you breathe out. Then you move on to your elbows, your shoulders, so on and so on. You give to your diaphragm, and that's when you really focus on your breath. So you try and blow your breath out through your diaphragm, and that relaxation and the oxygen helps wash your body away and tries to help you relax into a state of sleep. Now, I've been trying that being a, a new dad just recently, his sleep's become very challenging, so I'm trying to follow that process and hopefully it becomes a habit forming that that is my way of going to sleep and it, if my body recognizes that that is how I sleep doing it should follow that process Ed you must have one um, well I've actually made an effort to try and increase my sleep amount over the last year because I got the iPhone with the sleep schedule and it told me that my average time in bed was about six hours so if my average time in bed was six hours that means my sleep was less than six hours um, it's not the most accurate thing in the world but I made a conscious effort to make that as close to eight hours as possible and I've now increased it I think to an average of about seven hours and 37 minutes well mine um, doesn't rely on the, uh, the US Army doesn't rely on iPhones I just don't look at my phone about half an hour before going to bed I read and then if I wake up in the night the last thing you need to do is check what time it is. Do not check what time yeah, it is. It's big. If your alarm's not gone off, it's not time to get up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just roll one. over. I've removed all clocks out of our bedroom now for that reason. And what Tom said about blue blue light devices yeah. it is a horrendous thing for us. Not only on our sleep, but on our mental health. Yeah. Because how many times has somebody seen something negative on Facebook and Instagram or whatever? you need to wash that negativity out of your life so I've I, this is, this is a, another podcast I think this yeah and I, I, I've done the same I have the downtime on my on my phone yeah. like like Ed just said is make your phone do that and it's good that Apple is starting to recognise yeah. that other phone providers are available oh, um, another, my, like just I just try to get to, as soon as I feel like I'm ready for bed get in bed and just try and spend as much time in there as possible and that's like all of those things are going to help reduce your stress through the day builds into your getting a better night's sleep it's a it's a revolving door of wellness and uh, as we said at the start a healthy lifestyle well thanks for listening to us this week it's been uh, great to be in the chair for the first time and it won't be the last you can check us out at accelerate-coaching.com or on our facebook and instagram channels at accelerate coaching Give us a like and subscribe. Submit your questions and comments on healthy lifestyles and behaviours in the sections below. And we'll be back next week with another Accelerator podcast.